1967, Roland Barthes wrote La Mort de l'Auteur, The Death of the Author, an essay proclaiming that the opinions of an author on what his text may mean are irrelevant to the interpretation of said text. In 2020, Julian and Magnus Dora decided that the author's abilities are just as irrelevant. This is Kill the Author. Hello and welcome to Kill the Author. This is our fourth episode, fourth. I think. Fourth, uh, fourth slash third. Yeah. It's complicated. Uh, I'm Julian. I'm Magnus. And, uh, yeah, fourth slash third. So we're starting with the third episode of School Days today. You might remember last time we ended it on a nice little joke in the realm of, hey, everything's going to be fine now. You know, uh, at this point, the plot could just end and we could all think, you know what? This is where it ends. Maybe they'll work it out. Maybe they'll think about all the issues they have, improve together. I did this knowing that the next episode was the one that ends with everything turning. Okay. That's not in the part we're talking about today. We're talking about the first half. But something I think that makes this episode interesting that I hadn't noticed before is this episode in its entirety, in my opinion, is the plot turning, even if it's not that obvious at the start. Okay. We can get into how specifically that happens. But let's just get going with the plot, I think. We don't need much of an intro. You know the drill by now. We're talking about a shitty anime. Uh, it's one, art. The shitty anime. The shitty anime. So the very first scene takes place at Makoto's place and also at Kotonoha's place. I wrote yes. them together into one scene. So one thing I wrote down was right at the beginning... The shots that we see is first a shot of the building that Makoto lives in mm. and then one of his room. And this stood out to me because I I never really paid attention before, even though I had noticed. This is just the exact same shot every single time. Oh. It's just the same mad painting. There's only like one scene this far of Makoto in his room without this exact same shot of his building first. Okay. And then usually when a scene starts with this shot... It also continues with the exact same shot of Makoto's room with the bed to his right and with, like, a desk to his left. Always the same mad painting. It works, though. Like, I didn't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy way of cost reduction. I don't even know what his house looks like, despite having seen it in multiple episodes, probably. I think it's like an apartment yeah, where he may or may not have a family. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of these classic movie, show, anime, whatever tropes of... These people probably have families. This is even more confusing when it comes to Kotonoha, though. Because Kotonoha, who we transition to in the scene, and a character who we meet right away at the start, has a little sister called uh, Kokoro. And we begin with, I think, Kokoro answering the phone when Makoto calls Kotonoha. Actually, more specifically, uh, I thought this was interesting to point out. Makoto talks into the phone and asks again for reassurance about, like, meeting up with mm. Kotonoha. And then Kotonoha's sister, Kokoro, answers. 
So no, she answered before. She said like "hello." That's like the first line she gives, which is in a way that absolutely sounds nothing like Kotonoha, which is followed by Makoto saying to her, "Okay, I would just wanted to make sure about the meeting later on," which is then followed by her saying, "Oh no, I'm not Kotonoha," which was extremely obvious that very much did not sound like Kotonoha at the start. I thought also. Um, Mak- just Makoto not recognize the voice of his girlfriend yet? Yeah, I- I'm afraid he doesn't. <laughs> Apparently, he's been with her for a bit now. She doesn't sound anything like Kotonoha. And he still confuses him with each other. So when Makoto figures out that he's not talking to his girlfriend, but his girlfriend's little sister, um, she tells him that she's currently taking a bath to get ready for a date or for get ready to meet up with him later or whatever. A day later, I think. Mm. And... Gotta be clean. Gotta be clean. And apparently Kokoro knows about him. It is mentioned shortly after that... After the opening credits, I think. Yeah, after the opening credits. I'm just gonna mention it now. Yeah, yeah. That apparently Makoto is like the log wallpaper of Katonoha's phone. And I have the theory that maybe this is why she knows about him at all. Because it, do- it, it doesn't seem to me like Katonoha yeah. would... Would, like, explain her relationship with Makoto to her sister. She doesn't seem like that kind of person. Yeah. Basically, the only other thing that happens before the opening credits is that Kotonoha comes out of the bathroom and we see way too much of her body. Of course. We get a thigh shot. We get two thigh shots. (laughs) I really want to talk about this phone wallpaper thing. Because we've kind of been introduced to something involving phone wallpapers in this show before. So oh Kotonoha I didn't even think of that, of course. Made Makoto her wallpaper picture and her sister saw it. And we can assume that no three weeks have passed. So this is the cell phone game. We're the back to the cell game. phone game and Kotonoha failed it. Which so means Makoto. Which means Yeah, both of them have failed it for each other. And if you succeed at it, that means your love will bloom, right? So what does it mean? If both parties fail at it, love will die. It <laughs> love will, will die. die. Everything will die. No, I thought the uh, I thought the interesting part here was it doesn't match perfectly because Kotonoha's picture of him isn't like one she took on the train or something like that. It's a picture of both of them together, but that also kind of shows her different approach to this relationship in a way because she sees both of them together while he only takes like a creepy picture of her in the distance. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. We have the phone game sort of coming back here. Another thing before the intro. Yeah, we get a thigh shot of Kotonoha. And then and then actually we get a rare thigh cut Dutch angle mm. combo. We should keep notes of that. We the, should like count them in the end. Here's, here's something else I want to mention. This is not that relevant, but it's an art style thing. Mm. Uh, when we see her legs, there's in unusual over-the-top amount of shine on them i mean she did just come out of the bathroom she did but i see that a lot yeah in, like deviant art wherever yeah this insane amount of shine in those weirdly red spots on specifically knees uh, shoulders yeah. what is this the shine thing is something <laughs> the red spots we don't have a lot here which is also something i noticed in this episode by the way everything is uniformly skin color like, even their fingernails are yeah. just slightly shown. Their lips are uniformly skin color. The nipples are uniformly skin color in the intro. Yeah. Yes. They, they have no discoloration or just, like, slightly more red spots all over their bodies. They're just 
Ken dolls, basically. Barbies. I guess that makes the animation cheaper, but it looks really cheap what too. If, wait, what if them just being weird dolls is has a deeper meaning in the context of the anime? It kind of does, because... I'll get into that a bit later. Of course. <laughs> But in preparing for the episode today, I looked into some stuff with the visual novel. Mm -hmm. And from what I could see there, I looked in like some small clips from walkthroughs too. Something I noticed is it just looks exactly like that. Like the anime 100% perfectly emulates the style of the visual novel. So it's probably just a holdover from the visual novel itself. So it's not entirely laziness. It's not entirely laziness, but... It's, I, a, it's a style. I'd assume that the same studio animated those. Maybe. I don't know for sure. Maybe we'll find that out for a future episode. So the intro is exactly the same. I watched them back to back. There's no difference. There's only one... I skipped it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at least one of us stretched through it. There's only one thing I wanted to mention that we didn't address the last time. The very first thing in the intro is four images shown in a row really quickly. Mm -hmm. it like, it's like the intro song starts. Okay, yeah. We'll give the big musical performance in the final episode. So it's images of the main characters. And then an, an image of like red knitting utensils. So mm -hmm. which I mean wool and like knitting sticks i don't english mm -hmm. i don't know what the name is for those yeah, needles needles. needles and a key that has one of those cats doll people that we already mentioned on it as a keychain mm -hmm. i thought again because the whole intro is always backing shots of kotonoha and sekai first we have the knitting stuff which is something that kotonoha does mm -hmm. uh, we see that later she knits sometimes And the second, I assume, represents Sakai. So you said there's four images in the intro. Uh, four. I like think it was four or five. I, I just know the first images were the main characters. I thought two ah, or okay. Three of the them. first Mary, uh, first the main characters, and the knitting, and then the keychain. And the key. Yeah, the key, I assume, represents Sakai, because the key itself, We all it was already alluded that Sakai has a key to the roof, mm, which is a yeah, key to the story. Yeah, that's probably that. And... I'm not sure about the about this cat person. Mm. This becomes more clear later in the show, I think. Yeah, but we like not more. not really important at any point. No. I just thought I'd mention it because we didn't we didn't notice the last time really. Yeah, I mean that probably relates to the two main love interests. I think it's interesting that they show pictures of them as people and then these representations of them. But I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping for like. Four images, uh, for like three images, to show the, show the three loves that bloom mm -hmm. in this... In this uh, school, the three guys met. Yeah, in the school where the three guys met. Okay, so nothing of interest in the intro, mm -hmm. except for that. And except then, for everything we Except for, of course, everything, but we mentioned it already. And after that, we get to Kokoro discussing the phone background thing, uh, which leads to Kotonoha being slightly uncomfortable with her sister knowing that. Yeah. Uh, Kokoro mentions that she wants to meet Makoto too. Yeah. I will assume this is fine. I assume this is just I assume thing. this is because he's her sister's boyfriend. You know, she's she's just interested. The anime does thankfully not go she's that way. She's just interested in a friendly way. She's, she's the she only female character who's only interested in a friendly way. Then... 
We also get a boob shot. I just thought that was very shameless. Of course, yeah. This episode in particular is yeah, very shameless. Yeah, it's very shameless. Not just on Kotonoha. Then we have a scene where I think Kotonoha calls Makoto again. Like she calls him back after this whole conversation before it didn't work out because uh, Kokoro took the phone and she was in the bath. Yeah. So she calls him. And I noticed something very strange here. At mm-hmm. least I thought so. She calls him on her phone. Which made me question, wait, but Makoto, he wanted to call her, but he didn't call her phone. He call, he didn't call her cell phone, he called her home phone, because mm. else her sister wouldn't have picked up. Does this mean that he doesn't even have her phone number, but she has his? I think it's weirder that he called her home number, because coming home to her seems like a pretty big deal in this episode, mm-hmm. that he might visit her home. I think... So why wouldn't... Everyone in this, everything in this universe is built around cell phones. Why doesn't he have a number? Maybe he looked her up. Like, yeah, maybe he looked her up in the phone book. Mm. This is why he called her home phone. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah, but that would still mean that he does not have her phone number. Yeah, but she has his. It's I so can't weird. think of in any previous episode if she, if the both of them. No, they they never talked on the phone. He actually just. That then questions, though, why does she have his number, though? Did Sekai give her the number? Maybe she she just asked him for it, and he never asked for her number in return. That seems like something Makoto wouldn't do. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> seems like something he'd bring up first. But that's definitely interesting. That's maybe when I rewatch the show, I can look out for that in the episodes th- uh, before that. Another thing I need to mention here. It will become relevant later in the second half of the episode, but it's a through line throughout this whole thing. Uh, names. Yeah. The names. When... So they briefly... I made notes about that, too. They, yeah, they briefly talk about Kokoro, about her sister. Kokoro, whatever. And that she has a weird name. That she has a weird name. And that from now on, he would like to call her sister Kokoro-chan. Yeah. And it appears that Kotonoha is not very happy about that. Yeah. And the reason... I'm just going to mention it now is because... Kokoro is her first name. Mm-hmm. Her name is... What was the last name of... Um, I Kokoro. did note that down. Uh, Katsura. Katsura, genau. So that's her last name. But he wants to refer to her by her first name. Yeah. And the reason why Kotonoha isn't happy by this is because he still refers to Kotonoha yeah. by her last name. Not by her first name. Yeah, like, this, is, this isn't this is a thing that we as Westerners... Uh, have to deal with a lot. Like here, it's pretty normal to call someone by their first name all the time. This is more of a Japanese thing where you'd call someone by their first name if you have like a very personal connection to them, like only very good friends and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot more formal than it is here. So she seems to be tipped off by the fact that he refers to his girlfriend by her last name, but her sister, who he doesn't even know, yeah. she refers to her by her first name. I mean, I get it in a way because... She's a child, I first guess. First of all, she's a child. And second of all, he can't call both of them Katsura. Because <laughs> they would just get very confusing very fast. If he called both of them by their last names. But yeah. I think it's more common to call children, actually, by their first names than people in your age group. Still, the first name thing is prevalent throughout the entire episode. Yeah, and during this conversation, there's a lot of specific mentions of names and that not only the little sister Kokoro has a weird name but also that Kotonoha has a weird name and I knew before going into this show just from like anime osmosis what Kokoro means it's Japanese for heart but this scene made me think like okay but Kotonoha is a weird name too 
I what does Kotono I, I looked mean? that up too. Yeah. And all that I found was word or language. Yeah, word or language mainly, or it can be used as a synonym basically for the Waka kind of poetry. You probably yeah. wrote that down too. I wrote that down too. But I... did you write down what Waka poetry is? No. I did. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Waka poetry. You might know like a sister family to Waka poetry named Haiku. Yeah, I, I all I read is that it's it has something to do with 31 syllables. It's yeah. like a 31 syllable poem. It kind of, there's more specific things to it. It works, you know, um, generally about a haiku, if you don't know what these are. It's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Basically three lines written in that way. In the modern day Western sense, oftentimes we just see a three part poem as a haiku. But traditionally it's... Five seven five. Yeah, we're professionals. We've seen Avatar. We know it. We know everything. <laughs> of course, a waka <laughs> poem. Though there are different kinds of them, but something that all of them have is that they have a five seven seven thing in there. Like instead of the haiku five seven five syllables, you have a five seven seven. And a traditional waka poem will be five seven five seven seven. So it's basically a haiku, but with two more li long lines behind that. Did you did you crack the secret code? Did you decipher the numbers? I didn't decipher the numbers yet, but I thought this is something interesting to talk about now, in case we maybe come across a waka poem over the course of the show. Maybe now the, we have something maybe to look the entire for. dialogue was always made up of waka poems, and we just didn't notice. If that's the case, I will jump out of the window right now because I'm not going back to check that for every single <laughs> bit of dialogue in this fucking show. But it's interesting and we can look out for it. It might be something we can call back to later on. Mm. The next name I looked up is Katsura because I also wanted to know what does Katsura mean. And that is somewhat interesting. Okay. I can spin some shit out of this. So a Katsura, first of all, Katsura is a first name. Apparently like two separate princess of japan had the name katsura okay. but also katsura is a term for the wig of a geisha these black wigs that are worn as part of this geisha outfit mm -hmm. and the whole geisha thing is this sort of projected purity while also being available it's this very japanese image of what an idealized woman is in this very traditionally Japanese, like imperial Japanese element uh, of femininity. So maybe we have a connection there. Maybe we have a connection there to what I alluded to before, that Kotonoha herself is sort of this image of projected femininity in this show where she is not the geisha, but the modern-day Japanese projected image of a woman. Okay. Sort of, like, weak, needing assistance, being overly emotional in some ways, having very big breasts, like one of the animes. So maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there was some thought put into her last name, yeah. at least. This seems plausible enough to actually be real, maybe. Yeah, I think that's possible. Like, you don't pick a last name like that. <laughs> Sorry, I just read... I, just, I made another note the next one. I, I think what I meant to write was thigh shot, but I just wrote thigh shit. I just, <laughs> I just saw that. Thigh Sorry. shit is a good title for this episode. <laughs> so the scene ends in a thigh shit. And then we move on to the next scene. Thigh shit sounds like something horrible that happens to you on the train no, and you can't no. hold it in anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> no. No, I gotta edit that out. No, you won't. 
You're right, I, I forbid you from doing it. <laughs> this is the line that I'm going to put on Twitter to promote the episode. Oh no. I'm warning you right now. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so the next scene takes place on the roof the roof of the school. Mm-hmm. It starts with Kotonoha eating... Before that, I wanted to oh, say something about okay. the last scene. Uh, it's not a long thing, but this is what I mentioned before. Katsuna mentions to Makoto on the phone that Kokoro wants to meet him. And for her, this seems to be a big thing. Like, she tells him that, and it seems... It seemed to me, at least, like she was doing a step here. Basically, hey... Someone from my family wants to meet you. This is sort of a big thing I'm doing to bring you closer to my family. And he reacts to it by immediately expanding on it and saying, Oh, so then I get to go to your house. She, he does say it a lot, right? Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah, it's kind he of... He always goes too far. Yeah, she does, she does like a move. Like after the last episode, she sort of realized, Okay, I want to be more active in this relationship. And she does the active thing, and he tops it. He takes it di- directly to the next level. This is kind of like the end of the, uh, like in the last episode when she was uncomfortable with holding hands at first, and he immediately went for kissing. This is something that's going to happen at a later point in this episode again. Uh, just wanted to call to it. Mm. So now next scene. So the roof scene starts with Kotonoha eating a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So uh, on the roof, we have Kotonoha and Makoto sitting on a bench next to each other. Yes. And then on the bench next to them, there's Sekai. We don't see her immediately, but she's just kind of sitting there. As as per the usual, she's just kind of there. Yeah. So Kotonoha eats a sandwich and Makoto gets... Lingers at her as she does so. Yes. Uh, He gets a sudden flashback of watching her disgusting lips, of their disgusting kiss. How they kissed at the end of the last episode. We get a flashback to that. That was also the point where I realized the skin thing, by the way. Because even in this kiss, like, the lips aren't in any way pronounced. It just It's just flat. It's just flat skin. Okay, go on. I also thought that looked weird. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's part of why I hate the kisses in this episode, in this show so much. So for the first bit of dialogue, I have a little bit to say. Mm. So Kotonoha mentions her sister mm-hmm. at first. And... So she just mentions Kokoro, and then Makoto goes, is like, oh, you mean because of the call? Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. And what she then says is that she mentions that she wanted to meet him. Yeah, yeah, that's that But thing. the thing is, I don't think this is what she wanted to talk about. Mm. I feel like she wanted to mention the name thing. Ah, okay. Because how this goes is, she mentions her sister, then she looks like down for a bit, and then she says, she wanted to meet you. And this, to me, felt kind of a little bit trivial. Mm. And I think she wanted to mention, to talk about something else at first. That's possible, but yeah. But then, then maybe she thought that she doesn't want to talk to him about this. Mm. Because he always, like, goes over the top and freaks out all over that's the That's a possibility. I, that's not how I saw it, but he definitely, like, overstepped at that point. That is, uh, I think that was my mistake. I thought that was last scene and that happened in this scene. My notes were wrong there. That... Yeah, Makoto and uh, Makoto at this point asks, oh, does that mean that I get to see your house? Which Sekai involves herself in the conversation yeah. then. As soon as he mentions, hey, so maybe we should meet up at your place then. She just she, she just chimes in and says, you're, too, you're being too aggressive. <laughs> this, gets, this gets so much worse. Yeah, 
Because Kotonoha is there. Kotonoha is just right fucking there. And uh, Makoto <laughs> also leans to Sekai over and says to her, Hey, don't ruin this for me when it's going so well for me right now. While Kotonoha is there. She's like half a meter away and it's so fucking weird. Like she's completely the object in this conversation. She absolutely doesn't impact it. It's between Makoto and Sekai now. And they're talking about what Kotonoha means. Uh, Sekai does also directly address Kotonoha though. Mm. Only for a short moment. She tells him... She tells him that she doesn't have to take Makoto's shit basically. Yeah, she tells him... That she doesn't, she shouldn't spoil him, mm. which I thought was a very, just a strange way to <laughs> phrase this. Here's my, here's what I, what, where my idea that this episode in its totality is the turning point where that idea comes in. My opinion on what Sekai does in this episode, and Sekai, the, the constant Sekai problem is that her motivations are super hard to understand, right? Yeah. We ended the last episode with Makoto and Kotonoha kissing at the train station while Sekai stood in the distance, in the darkness, watched them, and then left. Here's my take on what Sekai is starting to do here. I think she's actively trying to get them apart now. Mm. Are we there now? I think this is the point where maybe she's not even aware of it yet, but everything she tells Makoto to do in this episode is fucking stupid. Like, she tells him when... Things are genuinely looking okay for him, in my opinion, in this scene. Like, he goes a bit overboard, but she seems to be fine with him meeting her sister. Like, she she mentions it, and he says, Oh yeah, then I can come home to you. There's no reason for the situation to turn weird if Sekai isn't involved in it. Here's what I thought about this episode in total. If Sekai wasn't there, nothing bad would have happened. This is very interesting, because it, it makes a lot of sense to some... Very weird ideas that I have for later in this episode. Mm, okay. In this in this very episode. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> can't wait to get yet. to that. I can't wait yet. to get to that. Not okay, yet. okay. Let's continue mm. on. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, so, next we get Makoto physic No, Sekai physically assaulting Makoto. Mm. <laughs> she headlocks him and, like, noogies him. I mean, somebody <laughs> has to be assaulted each episode. We can't get around that. Yeah. So, this is after Makoto mentions, hey... Don't interrupt us while everything's going so well. Yeah. Sekai headlocks him and they like... I don't know, they mess around a little. And Katonoha is just staring at them completely empty-faced. Mm. Yeah, she's just like... <sighs> she's having this... Oh, this is happening face that she's had a few mm. times in the previous episodes. Because, yeah, she's absolutely not involved anymore at this point. And, like, later on in the episode, she will again ask Makoto, like... We're together, right? And I think it's in part this. I'm not even a part of this. This is you. This is just you right now. So the next scene is strange. Mm. We get reintroduced to Kato. But at first, I gotta... Okay, like, first of all, I gotta give some context here. Some real-life context. Tomorrow, I'm gonna do, like, a small movie afternoon. Yes. Where, uh, which I have oh, themed... Oh, mm, I know, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, which I have themed around uh, my favorite genre of movie, early, nine, 90s and early 2000s high school romantic comedies. So, one of my favorite ones, and probably my favorite one in that genre, is the classic Mean Girls. Absolutely fantastic movie. Everybody should see it all the time. Which features a gang of girls which in the movie is referred to as the plastics, which are basically the evil bitches at the school mm. that the main character tries to get My with. Mokchik brings all the boys in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> so here, 
we're being introduced to this show's plastics. I've just referred to them as the plastics in my notes. Well, I... So it's... What it is exactly, it's Kato, who was already in the previous episode. It's the hitman. It's the, the one... Hit, the hitman. The one who it's told Makoto that, uh, that she's going to beat up uh, Kotonoha for him. And the ones who, in, in the last episode, I referred to as the squad, yeah. which is three girls whose names I don't think I ever directly mentioned. Yeah. They're just the three girls. They just hang out with Kato and tell her how pretty and cute she is. One phrase I had for this now was... We're not being introduced to Kato. Mm. We're being reintroduced to Kato. Yeah, basically. Because she acts not super weird. Not how I expected her to. She's basically she just turned from I don't know. She's the kind of tomboyish friend of Makoto. Yeah. See, she's the absolute bully. She turns into the the total queen bitch of the school. It's mm. insane because she even has like she even has her crab and goyles. Standing right next to her. She's got three of them, or no? Yeah, she has three of them, and they literally just validate her. Crab Goyle and... Uh, crab Goyle and... Uh, Shit. <laughs> crab Goyle and Weatherby. I don't know, Weatherby. the third one. So, they walk up to Kotonoha in class. Uh, no, I wanted to explain one thing real quick. Mm. The school fair is mentioned for the first ah, time. Ah, yeah, 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 they talk about it. It becomes relevant in a few episodes. Yeah, it's the it's the classic... It's the prom night... It's the classic prom night slash festival thing in a romance anime. Mm. They talk about it before they walk over to Kotonoha. So she's incredibly rude. I didn't 100% understand the situation. Yeah. But from how I understand it is, apparently during lunch, when all of her friends... So when the squad, and I don't even know who was, were hanging out, Kotonoha wasn't there. Yeah, because she was eating lunch with She was on the roof with Makoto. And so someone gave her some documents that were for Kotonoha originally. I don't think it's exactly like that, but pretty close. Okay. My thought is these documents were specifically for their committee. Like they're all in the same committee. That these documents were for them and that basically usually they always just make Kotonoha do it. Yeah, because apparently, no, she has the documents and she specifically calls it... Like, what an absolute pain this is yeah. if I had to do your documents and she just throws them on her desk, you do this stuff. Yeah, and then they walk, like, to the back and just hang out and chill back there without doing any work. Like, I think they're all on this committee, but Kotonoha is the only one who has to do the actual work. And they just sort of bully her into doing it, usually. Yeah. There's a bit more happening before they do this. Hmm. So there's lots of thigh, lots of thigh shots. Of course, I just thought can't get around that. that. Can't get around the thigh shots. Mm. And the squad is making fun of Kotonoha a lot. Yeah. They're like, oh, don't you have you don't have time to work with us anymore because you can't stop hanging out with your boyfriend, mm. <laughs> which she has anxieties enough about at this point. Yeah, I think they do this on purpose. And then yeah. there's like one weird shot. For like a good two seconds in which Koto just really angrily stares at Kotono. Yeah. And then she's just like, all right, so you're going to do all this right, now. All right, I'm so done yeah. now. You do the I, I have broken you. <laughs> I have sufficiently broken you. To get to work, I'm going to hang out mm. in the back with my friends. Yeah. So Kato is now introduced as basically the, the bully plastic. asshole. The, the plastic. Ashley. Was it Ashley? No, no, it wasn't Ashley. It was... Ah... My sister's going to be so fucking mad at me that I don't remember her name. <laughs> I'm going to watch the movie tomorrow anyways. I'm going to say her name right now. Regina George. Okay, there, I said it. Man, I did remember it. That's absolutely not edited in later on. Fuck. Can't remember it. Tiffany. I don't no. Know. She has, like, her name is mentioned all the time in the movie. 
Oh, man. God, I'm so mad. I'm so mad, and also I'm going to be mad at myself, because I will remember it, and I'll be... Ah, forget it. She became the queen bitch, okay? Whatever. (laughs) Don't ask me. I don't know anything. So the squad, they go into the back, and then they just talk to each other there, Mm. while Kotonoha just sits there in despair. Yeah. And one thing they mentioned is that apparently they're, like, supposed to bring a date. Yeah, like prom. You're supposed to bring a date there, and people are starting to talk about who they're going to bring there. Right. And I think, like, I think that might be in a later scene that also takes place with them, where the others basically say, Oh, Kato, we wouldn't want you to end up without a date. You're so cute. You're so great. Like, they literally just compliment her. But yeah, I think that's a bit later. sucking up to her. So bad. But we don't have to mention it anymore because we mentioned it here. Next, we have a train station scene. Yes. Yes. Here's a character that I called in my notes while watching the episode some hitherto unestablished girl because I didn't remember that we've seen her before but her, we have. Her name is Hickory. Yeah. She, I remember that name because he was in the intro. I, I think it's Hikari there. because Hickory reminds Hickory. me of like beef. Hickory. Some Hickory smoked mm, beef. Some good smoked Hickory beef. Mm, great. <laughs> okay, Hikari. Yeah. So uh, Makoto and Hikari are waiting on the train station. Makoto and Katonoha. Makoto. No, first it's Makoto and Hikari. Katonoha uh. then shows up. And Hikari, ah, yeah, yeah, Hikari yeah. notices and looks over to them kind of suspiciously. Mm-hmm. And then she stalks them on the train when they get on the tra- yeah. train. She mostly just watches them a lot and seems really suspicious. Which was very weird to me, not remembering who that character was. Like, who is this person? Why is she stalking them? What uh, the fuck? She's, she's a friend of Sakai. This becomes more apparent later. Yeah. And we see them hanging out later. Yeah, so on the train... We get a small scene between Kotonoha and Makoto while Hikari watches. Yeah, this this is a sort of almost nice thing. Yeah, and also the most confusing scene in the entire episode to me. I think that's the next one to me. Okay, okay. Okay. So so Kotonoha is really unhappy. And Mm. Makoto... She looks like unhappy out of the side of the train they're in. And Makoto actually notices. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. calls her out on it. Like, is everything okay? Yeah, he offers her emotional support, basically. Yeah. What isn't as good is, like, she says, no, it's fine. Then he's, oh, okay, that's good then. <sighs> and then there's another bit of silence. Yeah. Okay, but- you're fine. Okay, you are. Like, he's not good at reading her yet, but he did notice, okay, you're having trouble here. Mm-hmm. I might want to have to talk want to talk to you about that so he's making he's making baby yeah. steps you know and uh, yeah he continues because next he's like if anything is wrong you can talk to me about it mm-hmm. and i think this is where she mentions like we are dating right yeah like she questions it again after mm-hmm. everything that happened that day and also like after she was like bullied for being his girlfriend and all that like it wasn't a sure thing mm-hmm. yeah and after that they hug Mm-hmm. Or does anything else happen before that? After that, they hug. And I think we need to talk about the specifics of the hug step by step because it's a very confusing thing. Okay. So I I, I assume that with the more confusing thing you meant, the way she, she steps off the train and what, hap- what happens then. Mm. I think the hug is the reason for that, but it's kind of confusing. Like, okay, first step is they stand face to face with each other then she puts a hand on his shoulder and, like, gets a bit closer to him. And then he takes hold of her lower back, which makes her kind of, like, gasp or shriek in mm-hmm. a way a bit. And then they're kind of close to each other, which then leads to the train stopping at her station. 
her like sort of ripping herself off of him and running out of the train staying standing there while he points a hand in her direction like no what's that what happened here why did you run and then the train closes and she surprised in a way looks back at the closed door and sees the train driving away yeah another thing is while they hug he he calls her name and yeah again he calls her by her last, by last name. name oh yeah i didn't yeah. notice that I that thought, also, I thought it was also relevant. So first of all, he's again physically approaching her, which he's not very happy with. I think not it's even more, with. even more, it's her making a first step again mm -hmm. and him taking it a bit further again. Yeah. Right when she does that. And then the name again, everything. I yeah. think it's just too much for I think her once again. That's probably what it is. Like, I was really confused when she ran out of the train uh, in that way because it seemed like she initiated it. But I think this is kind of a realistic thing in a way. Like, she did a small step, he did a slightly bigger step, a few things came together and she ran out of the train. This is a normal thing that happens. You have a bit of miscommunication and yeah. you can get over it. This was okay. But then... So, uh, once again, we see Hik Hikari just for a moment. Yeah, she's, she also left the train She left here. the train too and she suspiciously looks at them. Yeah, <laughs> can we can we move on to the next thing? Okay, yeah, let's move on to the next thing. Okay, okay let's so move on let's to talk about radish. Let's move on to the radish bar. Okay, so there's here's something that this scene establishes. We see a restaurant named Radish. It's called Radish. It's called Radish. It exists in this town, and it's where Sekai works outside of school. Yeah. It's like a day job she has. So we're already... Okay, this is weirdness level one. We're on a slight weirdness level. We have a restaurant named Radish. That's kind of weird. Why the fuck is it called Radish? I just called it Radish Bar. <laughs> the Radish Bar. I, I, the Radish Bar. It's probably more of a bar than a restaurant. You're right. Uh, from what I remember about it. A cafe. Okay, next level of the weirdness part. What the fuck are they wearing? <laughs> the uniforms. Okay, so there's a uniform. Uni I, I described uh, the uniform the following way. Sh there's shoes... A skirt and a bra with sleeves. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like these puffy, weird blue sleeves and this white, basically, bikini top. It's, like, weirdly sexual, this whole outfit. Yeah. And remember, these characters are teenagers. I think you just can't understand how sexy Radish is. I think it's probably that, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's supposed to look like a Radish? It's supposed to look like she's wearing a Radish? I don't know, maybe it's a bad designer, but... I mean, it's definitely a bad designer. What kind of, like, cafe or bar is that that hires teenagers and puts them in these uniforms? Like, that can't be it legal. Is, it's not uniforms, it's lingerie. Yeah, it's basically lingerie and nothing else. Lingerie, like, what the fuck right. are they wearing? It's so weird. It's, but, the, it's the radish bar. It's what it is. And we're literally just introduced to it. It's Sekai is there... She, like, has a very... She sees some text messages and responds to them there in that costume. And then we cut away again, basically. Like, we only see her there so we can see her uniform, I think. Because there's no yeah. other reason for this scene to take place in Radish. Well, she also she also redresses, so that's another reason this scene oh, exists. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, so she, I, think, I think she's, like, just done with her shift. Mm. And she's changing back into her regular clothes because she does this over the dur duration of the scene, which yeah. also means that she's not wearing pants for the majority of the scene. Yeah, this is definitely totally relevant. This is absolutely. This is just. This is just. You know, necessary for the exposition of the scene. Otherwise, I wouldn't have understand what uh, understood what was going on. 
So on her phone, she gets a message from Hikari. Yeah. And I didn't write the, write down the exact words. Yeah, it's it's basically she she she's being told like, "Hey, your boyfriend is with this other girl." It seems this quiet girl from four from room four is hanging out with your boyfriend a lot. Yeah. And like they've got a thing. And, and this, she says, "I don't have a boyfriend again," which she I just al- constantly. I did does. also write that down as a running theme. Yeah. Because also, um, Sets Sets. Yeah, Sets not does the same. He thing also later believes on. this, and he's she's also multiply. Wait, Setsna. I think I just confused Setsna and Daisuke. Oh, okay. Yeah, Daisuke, Daisuke too. Daisuke also thinks Daisuke they're too. a couple. Yeah, like, Setsna thinks the supporting cast seems to think these two are a couple, while Kotono is just sort of to the side. It makes sense. I mean, it kind of makes sense because they spend a lot of time together, but also mm-hmm. in this universe, everything necessary to be a couple is to be a woman and a man who constantly <laughs> argue. So, I don't know. I don't know what these people are thinking. So she clarifies that they're definitely not a couple, which yeah. is also a running theme. Yeah. Like, from episode one, that's a running theme. We've had that throughout all of what we've seen so far. So in response, she calls Makoto, mm-hmm. which I, which to me was the most confusing thing. Because the, the things she tells him yeah. are so weird. So, okay. First of all, she tells him that he shouldn't have touched her like that. Which... I assume that Hikari wrote her more messages and, like, explained what specifically was happening there at the train station. I don't think she did, though. Okay. I think this is all she got. And she... Everything else... She just kind of... I don't know. She just came up with all the other stuff. This was her weird conclusion of yeah. the little information she had. Like, I kind... I assume that she kind of heard that he was, like, holding her in some way or something. Because she re- specifically refers to him touching her in that way or something like that. But even then, the the explanation, her explanation as to what went wrong there is so strange. It's so weird. I have some notes here and there's like a lot of points where I have like three question marks because I don't understand anything about this. Yeah, I also have a couple. So Sikai screams at him on the phone essentially for hugging her in public. Yeah, she, does, she thinks that couples shouldn't show affection in public. Yeah, even though, again... He might have gone a slight bit too far, but she, like, initiated it. She put her hand on him first. So... And again, in the first episode, she kissed Makoto on the train station. Yeah, and <laughs> also... <laughs> and also, Kotonoha kissed him already, like, mm-hmm. on a train station, which is a public spot. Why is this bad now? There's a bit, like, slightly later in the episode where I think they're trying to bring it back to this, that, like, public affection is the next big thing that he has to overcome with Kotonoha. But, yeah, it's super weird. And also, like, she tells... This is the most confusing point in this whole conversation the to mood? me. No, it's... She tells him that hugging is bad, and he shouldn't have hugged her in public, and that this should be the point in their relationship where they just got together, where he should be lovey-dovey with her. Yeah, everything should be fine now with you. No, but that's like... He was being lovey-dovey with her, though. What do you expect? You're in I public. Don't know. What was he supposed to do with her? Like, this is, again, why I think that this is the episode where Seikai decides that she's going to kind of, like, manipulate their relationship and hurt it. Because this all, makes all, no sense. Her explanation makes more sense if he tries to drive them apart. Because yeah. it's like, he, he tries to get them to be less affectionate to mm. each other. But also to be more lovey-dovey. And there's two things Makoto does in this conversation. And I think both are really relevant to that theory that she's trying to bring them apart now. First of all... He tells her that this is way too complicated and that that bothers him. 
So basically we're introduced to, uh, to the way Sekai tells him about the relationship. It seems way too complicated for him. Even though in actuality, as we talked before, it was just simple miscommunication that they can just easily resolve a bit later if Sekai doesn't overcomplicate it with her bullshit. At this point, the relationship could work, but Sekai overcomplicates mm. it. Sekai also once again tells him to apologize. Mm. And which yeah, yeah, once and again which he then says he which does. Which once Will again be. he doesn't he doesn't like to apologize. Ah yeah, right, she has to tell him like twice, I think. She d- she did also tell him multiple times in the previous episode. Yeah, she like moms him at this point again. Like, you should apologize to her. He doesn't answer. I said you should apologize to her. And he said, yeah, yeah, okay, I will apologize to her. Yeah, he doesn't like apologizing, right? We have one more very short scene showing Makoto in the train. Yeah, which is a relevant scene. We see him is... driving to school and they stop at Haramihama. 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 Which... Uh, is usually where Kotonoha either gets out of the train or onto the train. It's her mm. stop. And but she's not there. Kotonoha isn't there. Yeah. Instead, we see that Kotonoha is riding with the bus. Yeah, which we were introduced to in an earlier episode as the alternative for taking the train mm-hmm. to where she lives. And it also means specifically for her, it means that she doesn't want to interact with him. Yeah, she doesn't want to meet Makoto. I mean, she has a lot of she has a lot on her mind in general. Yeah. She has a lot of shit to go through right now. And she just doesn't want to go to school with him. Like, she needs some time for herself and to think about all of this, which is absolutely reasonable, I think. So, next we get another classroom scene. Yeah, we get, like, they've come to school now, they're in class, and we again have Makoto and Sekai sitting right next to each other. As per the usual. Yeah. It turns into the usual really quick, which is Sekai screaming at him in school. And that's a bit more, I thought. Sekai hears, uh, so Sekai learns from Makoto that she took the bus instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't drive with the train, and her instinct is that she should immediately go to her yeah. and apologize. Which is, as I've written down, terrible advice. Yeah, I, I thought specifically because Sekai should know better. Yeah. Because she has, she already talked to Kotonoha about the whole thing. Yeah. She wanted to ride the, the bus before to avoid Makoto. Yeah. And now she wants to Makoto. To immediately go after her. Yeah, and also she like she was the one who talked to Makoto at first about Kotonoha just being like taking a bit more time, being a bit slower, being a bit different from him. And being respectful to her not wanting to talk to him right now is the right thing to do. Like she'll get back to him when she feels ready. This is relationship 101. Basically, Sekai is telling him here to be super controlling and to be super, hey, why didn't I see you on the train today? Which is just bad behavior. This is terrible advice. and I don't know what her motivation here is supposed to be if she isn't trying to hurt them or has absolutely maybe, no idea about relationships. Yeah, that's that's what I think because I can't think of any other way where that would make sense. So next, the the school bell rings. Which means that he can he cannot immediately run to Kotonoha yeah, and apologize because to her. the class begins. Yeah, which uh, ends up with Sekai screaming at him because it's all his fault. Yeah, and then we have the usual Daisuke being an idiot and Setsuna staring. Oh, they're like a couple. And then Setsuna just stares, staring, staring for two staring shots at straight them for, without saying anything. <laughs> yeah, basically it's a it's a standard mm-hmm. classroom scene, just that they aren't screaming while the class is going on this time, but before it. Next, we got something I thought a little strange because the next part of this scene is still in the classroom, mm. 
but before this we get a single shot of the roof outside. Mm. And then we're back in the classroom. Okay, Nothing happens. There's <laughs> just a short shot of the roof. I don't know why. <laughs> do, do. There's this one part in the room later on where they have this like party and then it cuts from the party to a skyline shot and then it just cuts back to the party. That's what I have to think of right there. So next so again to our favorite game, what is the teacher talking about? Yeah, what the fuck is the teacher talking about? All my all my notes there are what the fuck is the teacher talking Mm. about? With fucking capital letter. The sentence he says that first rub the cat skin with the ebonite rod as in diagram one. Yeah. And from this sentence, I actually figured out exactly what he was talking about. Wow. <laughs> no, okay. I, not that much. Um, <laughs> so they're talking about electronics. Mm. So it's probably physics class is what mm. I assume. I don't know why it has to be cat skin. <laughs> but um, he mentions in a little bit later, he mentions a leaf pointing. Mm-hmm. And what he's probably referring to is a gold leaf electroscope. Ah, okay. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. (laughs) Enlighten me. So, um... Person who got good grades in sciences. (laughs) So it's an electroscope, Mm. which means it measures electric fields in a way. It's it's a pretty simple contraption. You have in... You have a, like a metal rod, a metal pole Mm -hmm. that can be charged. I don't know what Mm. the right term for this is. Basically electronically charged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it has like a metal disc on it. And, mm-hmm. and on the bottom, there's a small um, brass rod, mm-hmm. and directly next to it attached is a tiny sheet of gold paper. Mm-hmm. And how the... ah, I think I remember that. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that in class at some and point. And how this contraption works, if, if you take some kind of uh, charged material, like, so for example, if you take a piece of cotton and rub it on your skin, so mm-hmm. it becomes negatively charged, mm-hmm. and you hold it above the thing, what happens is the gold sheet and the brass rod will separate. Ah, okay. Uh, this is because uh, the negative charge in the cotton thing uh, induces a field within the metal rod. And what uh-huh. happens is the gold sheet and the brass rod both being charged in the same fashion separate each other. They uh, separate each other. You know? So you have two things that basically original syner- synergize with each other? Yeah, so normally they're neutral until a negative charge is brought close to them, at which point they're separated from one another. Okay, so... Yes, exactly. Who is writing this <laughs> fucking show? Okay, so this is a metaphor. Of course. For Sekai coming in. A negative charge separating the by now neutral forces from one yeah, another. Yeah, that by now have found a word, way to co- uh, coexist. They might have small issues, but they found a way to coexist. And then Sekai comes and brings them apart again. The negatively charged force making the two forces separate what from What kind of other. a mad genius? What kind of a mad genius is writing this shit? <laughs> oh man, I gotta... Okay, I, I still have a lot of chemistry. I, I still have a lot of physics knowledge I can bring into this. Maybe I'll... Should I put it in the same th- scene as that German movie from the 30s? <laughs> Ah, no, maybe it's with the Kabuki play. No, 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 I'll do it as the third thing in the third episode. I think that's the smartest idea here. One more thing. <laughs> you mentioned me being the guy with good grades in sciences. Uh, no one called me on any of this. <laughs> Physics was by far my worst subject I've ever had in anything. Don't quote me on this. It was my worst subject after French. So... A little anecdote, but on the last half a year that I had of physics before mm-hmm. I finally got rid of it, I received 16 marks. All 16 of them were the worst ones that existed. I, I had given up at that point. 
Ooh. Well, I repeated the year and I took chemistry instead, so it's fine. I, I never got the worst grades I could have gotten in, in science class because then I would have been kicked out of school. But I got the second worst one. I mean, uh, quite a few times. That's why I repeated that. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I wouldn't have tried anymore at, uh, anyways at this anyway, point. Anyway, back to school days. <laughs> Let's leave the school days behind and go back to school days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Isn't it fitting that school days brings us back to our school days? Yes. It brings us all together. No, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> Now that we know what the fuck the teacher was talking about, I think this scene doesn't have much more to offer. Yeah. The next the next scene... Which um, is also the final scene we're going to talk about. Uh, no, there's, uh, there's another couple. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Then my notes got lazy at this point. Okay, continue on. <laughs> so we get a very short... It's basically just a shot. Well, it's three shots mm -hmm. in Kotonoha's classroom. But, really, ah, yeah, yeah, but yeah. really, it's one shot. Because we see the same image... Uh, the camera slowly zooming up mm, an image yeah. of Kotonoha from the top. Then the camera slowly zooming up the exact same in image, but zoomed further in. Mm -hmm. And then the exact same image again, <laughs> zoomed further in. Basically, the entire screen is just the face of Kotonoha now. It's so yeah. ridiculous. And there's also, I think it's in this, this scene that we also have this other shot that basically shows the plastics sitting in the back row and we see Kotonoha in the background. Where they talk about the school festival yeah, again. That's what I have marked in as the next scene. Oh, yeah, okay. Whatever. All the same scene, it's not just really different a scene. shots, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Scenes, shots, what is this? What does it mean? Yeah, so basically they talk, mainly talk about the school festival there and that they want Kato to be with a boy there because she's so cute. We also, we also get another after class shot yeah. at 5 past 12. There was a clock, it was 5 past 12. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is relevant. I mean, I, I assume the class ends at 12, so it's relevant in that way. Makoto, again, Sekai mentions, Makoto, you know what you have to do now. Mm. Uh, which I assume is apologize. Yeah. But Makoto says that, can't you come with me? Yeah. I don't want to apologize all by myself. Yeah, can you come along? He again, like, he isn't necessarily dodging apology, but he's like, I think part of it is also just like that at this point he thinks he needs Sekai, sort of. After she's constantly told him that he's doing everything wrong. And I need you. And I miss you. I think you. it's more just, he doesn't, he thinks he, he's kind of useless in this whole thing with how much he's down talking everything he's doing, despite what he's doing, not being this bad in this episode and probably working out. So yeah, she says she won't come along. Mm, we're, being, we're being really nice to Makoto today. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this really is the episode at the start where I think, this could have worked out here. This could be, could have been the point where they just have a normal relationship going forward. If Sekai just kind of... Uh, Sekai just... I don't know. Let me just say something ridiculous. Move to France or something like that. If Sekai suddenly moved to France, then this plot could have just worked out and the two of them could have had a normal relationship. Why would a character suddenly move to France? You have no idea what I found out when I read about the plot. No. Of the visual novel. <laughs> oh, man. Are we going to mention this now or in six episodes? Um, I'll mention it when it comes up. But I okay. found some interesting stuff out, especially in regards to... There are some points in the visual novel where, depending on decisions you make early on, certain things that affect Sekai or Setsuna are swapped around. And... To the point where Setsuna can become the primary love interest over Sekai in the main love triangle. 
Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Which was really weird to me when I read it, but we'll get more back to that when Setsuna becomes more relevant and starts actually talking. So, yeah, <laughs> let's continue on. We get now to basically the last thing that happens in the episode, which is Kotonoha back in her class. Mm-hmm. The bitches being in the back and sort of like the the yeah the the squad cool. the squad is there sucking yeah. up to to uh, to Kato. Kato, right? They're like all the boys are gonna want to hang out with you. You're so cute, whatever. And uh, another thing is Kotono has another weird mystery box. Like she mm. did in the last episode. Ah, I didn't notice it again. <laughs> yes, it was like a picnic basket. I kind of look out for that. Maybe it's just her bento box or something Maybe. like that. Yeah. Anyway, she picks it up and just runs out the door. Yeah, like she she seems like she thinks for a bit, like she hesitates, and then she runs out the door. Yeah. Which brings us to a true very last shot mm-hmm. of the episode. Makoto reaches the roof. He goes up there to talk to Kotonoha. And she's not there. She's not there. But then as soon as he, like, enters the roof, she runs in through the door. Yeah, like she runs up the stairs and comes to the roof and basically meets Makoto on her terms. Like, he didn't go to her class to apologize to her or to talk to her. He didn't do what Sekai told him, basically. He didn't go to her when she didn't want to see him. She took her time. She went to school alone. She sat there in her class. And then she decided, no, I want to talk to Makoto. Like, I don't want to stay away from him. I want to talk to him. She goes to him on her terms, which is... The exact way this situation should be going. She decides, this thing yesterday was weird for me, but I'm going to talk to him about it. I'm not going to, like, say this relationship is over because of this tiny thing. I'm going to go to this guy on the roof where we always meet, and I'm going to talk to him about what happened. She approaches him when her time is right. Yeah. Which is the exact way this situation should be going, and... It would have gone horribly if he had done what Sekai told him and just ran to her immediately. Isn't isn't it nice that the show ends here immediately and it's just over now? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so that was Kill the Author season one. Uh, we <laughs> talked about school days in this one. Really fun show. It was weird that it had exactly two and a half episodes. Wait, I I, I almost forgot about something. Ah, uh, right, there's a second half to this episode. Or do you mean something else? <laughs> <laughs> that too. But I mean, uh, she arrives on the roof out of breath and she immediately apologizes. Oh, yeah. I just thought I'd, brought, I'd bring that up again. She does that. Like, she, uh, I'm sorry I'm late, is basically yeah. is what she says. Okay, but now we're done. <laughs> this is where we're going to end this half of this episode of School Days and end this episode of Kill the Author. Man... That was a nice one, right? Mm-hmm. Makoto and Kotonoha making it work despite hardships. Yes, but against the odds. But yeah, this is the end of this episode without spoiling too much. Is the point where I got really mad at the show for the first time when I watched it. I felt when I watched the show for the first time that that was the point, like everything was shifting. But now that we're looking at it like this you can really see the signs of how it's moving towards that shift early Whether on. it be old German movies or physics. Be- whether <laughs> it be old German movies or physics or just, like, the character dynamics. Like, in this episode, we really saw the character dynamics sort of shift. Mm. With Makoto and Kotonoa being the couple that's trying to make it work and Sekai being this radical agent that's sort of getting in the way of that more and more. Mm. I've always been of the assumption that School Days is 
the kind of bad where whatever it was trying to do, it failed. Yeah. But I'm getting closer and closer to it is exactly what it wanted to be, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm getting there too. I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, like, what it's doing is garbage, but I get what it's doing, and it's doing it. <laughs> yes. It's doing it deliberately. There, there are some points in later episodes that will sort of challenge this assumption. Specifically, there's an episode during the school festival where I thought, oh, there's no way that they're actually trying to do this, huh? They're trying to be a comedy, huh? But we'll get to that when we'll get to that. Yeah. For now, I really enjoy, with this half of the episode and with what we've done so far, how our way of looking at this show has really, like, has really, like, proven the concept of Kill the Author, that there really are things there, even in the worst media, that you can, like, read a lot into, that you can f discover, and that were probably planted there by someone who actually cared. Like, I yeah. can't imagine that these teacher scenes just happened for co coincidental reasons. There's someone here that saw the themes and that actually wanted to do something interesting with them. I'm actually excited what the next teacher scene is about. I'm super excited about the teacher scenes. The teacher scenes are the best thing about this fucking show. <laughs> All right. But we'll get back to you in two weeks with the second half of this episode. Get ready because it's going to be painful. Yeah. Especially the end. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You're going to see it through our lens. Uh, if you want to watch the show, now's the perfect time because we're going to spoil the first horrible moment next episode. So be prepared. Until next week. We Until still don't then. have a sign-off uh, phrase. So it's goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.